Hi, my name is Josh Hannaberry, and welcome to the Truck Focus Podcast. At the Truck Focus Podcast, our mission is simple. I want to connect transportation industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. Over the last decade, I've been fortunate to connect with several transportation industry leaders that have had a positive impact on my life, and I look forward to connecting them with you. Friends in the industry. So I believe as we navigate through 2022, we really need to focus on the various opportunities that are in front of us. But also we need to align ourselves with mentors that can really empower this way of thinking. So I'm super excited today as I get to speak with Jason Thomas, who's a commercial and residential realtor with CIR Realty, as we discuss the opportunities in the Calgary and surrounding areas markets and the various opportunities transportation and logistics companies have to grow their or grow their businesses in 2022. So a key piece of advice Jason shares in our interview is that we really need to understand all of what is required when you're making a purchasing decision and working with a knowledgeable realtor agent will really help you with your success. So this is why I really recommend doing business with Jason. So connect with him directly at email, Jason, J-A-I-S-O-N, Thomas, C-I-R-Realty.ca. So if this is the first time you've ever checked out a Truck Focus podcast, I welcome you to our community, to all of our dedicated listeners. I just want to continue to thank you for your investment of time. So make sure that you like this episode, subscribe to the channel you're listening to and share it out. I look forward to the impact this conversation is going to have. Let's get to it. Jason, honestly, welcome to the Truck Focus podcast. Uh, Super excited for a couple of things today. Um, First off, seeing as you're a real estate professional and the fact that Calgary, specifically in other obviously areas throughout the country, the real estate market, when we're talking commercial real estate, warehousing, logistics, it's a booming market. And one thing that I really pride myself on in the Truck Focus podcast is bringing on different industry leaders. So I'm super hyped to have you on the podcast so we can really talk about why is the market booming? How does it work? If you're a first-time buyer, if you're a repeat buyer, what are things to look out for? As well as you come uh, just highly referred from someone that I really respect. Um, his name is Ryan Torres. So just, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you on. Thanks for having me, Josh. Absolutely. The um, Yeah. So kind of to start us off, why don't you kind of walk us through who's Jason, but also give us a little bit of, uh, I guess, your backstory and experience in the real estate industry. Perfect. Okay. Well, I've been licensed as a commercial or as a, as a realtor since 2007. And um, I was working uh, in a different industry. I was working in corporate finance downtown and um, knew a little bit about real estate, but uh, not a whole lot, to be quite honest, uh, at that time. <clears throat> and um, so I, I got my license, started working part time, still kept my full time job, wasn't sure about the industry. Um, you know, it's a big step to go into something full-time on a commission basis. So I kind of, you know, talked to a few people in this, in the industry and, uh, then decided to take a leap into it. Um, and, um, I've been with CIR Realty since 2009. CIR Realty is the largest independent franchise and they have multiple locations in Calgary and surrounding areas. And, uh, they just, uh, opened an office in Edmonton as well. Um, and so I've been practicing, I started practicing residential real estate, um, which includes, you know, all the different forms of residential real estate, uh, duplexes and townhomes and condos and so forth. And then was always fascinated by the commercial segment. Um, it's such a broad industry and I wanted to diversify my portfolio. 
and <clears throat> learn more about the commercial uh, uh, segment. So I kind of researched a little bit and found out what sort of courses I needed to get licensed um, and then took some additional courses because I wanted to, you know, really make sure that I was knowledgeable in the area. So went to the University of Calgary, did a real estate development certificate, um, which was uh, about 10 courses in, in commercial and got a few other designations uh, through the Calgary Real Estate Board in terms of financial analysis and taxation and so forth. and. Um, and then proceed to get into the industry. And it's a completely different industry than residential. Uh, it's night and day, I would say, in terms of the sales process, uh, you know, who we deal with, um, the timeframes, um, the sort of questions you ask. Um, but it's been fascinating. And uh, I would say I've been in the industry now for just over five years in commercial. And, uh, and I can go into more detail as we go further ahead. But, you know, it's been, uh, it's been, a, it's been a great ride. Good. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> I think it's awesome when you talked about progression in education, because I think if you're, you kind of approached it as, well, I know it all. And 10 years in 12, well, I guess you're almost year 13, that kind of get boring after a while. And I think when, yeah, you have a, just a continuous opportunity to learn about obviously the industry, but also the people that you're serving. I think that's a really unique opportunity that sometimes could be missed because like Ryan helped us sell one of our properties. So shout out to him, shout out to CIR. We're big fans. And it was really, it was nice to feel like a human, not a transaction. And I can tell, like, even when we were talking off camera or I guess before I hit record and I mentioned it, you're a relationship guy. And I think that's a superpower that a lot of just people and professions kind of lose focus on. And the fact that you got to be hungry to keep learning because trends change or land development reasons change. And obviously, when we're speaking transportation, logistics, warehousing, e-commerce changed the game. And when you, you could literally go for a drive to anywhere in Calgary and the surrounding areas and you're like, look, all oh, these buildings, like, what are these for? That's a lot for you to know because you have to be able to educate the buyer as well as the seller. Like <laughs> you mentioned the financial side, like, yeah, you don't want to lose money. And <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot there, but I just, yeah, I really welcome you on. And it's great that, um, yeah, you're just, you're humble, but you're also honest about your experience and your journey. So it's really cool. Well, one thing I, that I really like with CIR is, you know, they've got a very strong management team that, you know, are dedicated to developing the, the agents. Um, there's a lot of resources. Um, there's a lot of training that's involved. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really nice to have a brokerage that uh, provides these opportunities for their agents. That's good. So if we're looking at Calgary markets, and obviously we're in 2022 now, and we're recording on the 15th, which is, I think, really good timing because a lot of people obviously are still focused on goals. You mentioned some stuff off camera again, where I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty phenomenal. So how do you project, or not even project, how do you see the current market right now? Is it still, and we'll, we'll, we'll stick to the commercial space, but is it yeah. still like skyrocketing? Like prices are climbing nicely. There's lots of sales going on. There's lots of reasons to convert buildings and or build buildings for, yeah, I guess the commercial warehouse and logistics side of things, or how do you see it? Yeah. So, you know, I'll, uh, obviously we, a lot of us have, have heard about the residential market through the news and through various news articles. So I'll, I'll just stick to the commercial segment. Um, and the, the commercial market can be broken down into various sub-markets, as we know, such as multifamily, which would be defined as five units or more in like an apartment building, uh, land, commercial land, office, retail, and industrial. 
Um, I would say that all the submarkets uh, are firing on all cylinders in Calgary for this year and for the balance of the year, except for the office market. And that's been problematic for a number of years. Um, you know, they have like 30% plus of vacancy in the downtown core uh, with over probably 11 million square feet of unused space. Um, there is some of that that's getting, you know, used up um, as the economy diversifies into technology um, and other sectors, mainly technology and e-commerce. There's been a lot of growth happening in that area, but we still still see the office market being soft for a number of years in the future. Um, you know, plus the pandemic, the pandemic hasn't been any help. Um, you know, as many employees are, you know, who are driving downtown and and providing funds to the economy and eating out and so forth. Now that's stopped. So they're all working from home and that's had a big impact as well. And the city is, is you know, definitely uh, has some discussions to do to work with developers. And we're seeing that now so that there's been some of that office uh, being converted over into multifamily. Um, and so there's a lot more, there's going to be a lot more focus on just converting that downtown core um, um, to make Calgary, you know, and it affects the tax base and that's a big issue. So, um, and I'll get into that in a bit later as well, but, you know, other sectors sort of have to pick up the pace because of, of what's happening in the office sector. Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, my wife has a bunch of friends in the, the corporate space that were downtown and aside from the, the oil bust, I guess that kind of impacted some of it, but yeah, the pandemic, you're right though. It sent a lot of people just you got a laptop just like you had a laptop here. Like you can't see it obviously because you're looking this way, but I have dual screens in front of me. It's like, I don't know, <laughs> but you're right though. The trickle effect is nuts because before it's like, well, I went out for lunch Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I brought my salad on Tuesday because I felt guilty. But ultimately, yeah, all of the the other I guess categories where people would normally spend their lunch hours or after hours, well, that's kind of unfortunately dried up too. And I like that Calgary is such a desirable place for other technologies or I guess other industries like tech to come. And the fact that there's already infrastructure in place for them to plant their seeds, I think is smart. But it's, uh, yeah, it's nice to see because I actually wasn't aware that they were going to start converting some of that space into, it was uh, multifamily homes or sorry, how, what are they converting the properties to? A lot, a lot of the downtown office space is now, uh, some of the buildings have been convert, converted into pure rental buildings. Okay. Uh, they want they want to get people to live downtown in the core and, um, you know, uh, participate in the restaurants and, and just have a, uh, you know, like a, a live and work atmosphere. Yeah. And I think that's the goal. It's going to take a lot of money. It's going to take some time. But, you know, I think in a few years, it should be a lot better than it is now. Good. Good. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that, but that's cool because I remember the, uh, I think it's Inglewood is the official name of the communities. And this was when I was still driving as an operator, delivering equipment to buildings that were like the old brick buildings getting basically redesigned and renovated to be for small business offices. And I'm like, well, that's a good idea. Like they look slick now. And yeah, so, okay, that's cool. That's smart. Good job, Calgary. <laughs> that's good to see. So from a... Um, Surrounding areas, if we're talking distribution centers, if we're talking warehouses, what makes Calgary, and again, this is all your opinion and the data behind just your knowledge in the space, but what would you say makes Calgary like an attractive landing point for different businesses? Because obviously they're not all local businesses or some that could be from overseas or different parts of our country or in the States, but what makes those areas so desirable to yeah, set up shop here? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, Calgary is, right now is in the middle of an industrial real estate boom. You know, it's high rental prices and low vacancy rates in places like Vancouver. 
are driving companies to snatch up warehouse space. Um, and I know we want to focus, you've got a lot of listeners across the country and uh, especially in Alberta. So I'll focus on that area. You know, Calgary is cheaper and has more options for space and other distribution hubs like Vancouver. Uh, making the city a draw as, as the BC city near nears a 0% vacancy rate for industrial space. Um, purchasing a warehouse here costs an average of three and a half million dollars less than in Vancouver, according to a 2018 analysis for the city of Calgary. Um, it's also found shipping costs by truck within Western Canada are almost 50% cheaper from Calgary than from Vancouver. So the average lease rate per square foot of space, and I'll throw in some terms here and might get a little technical, but you know, the average square foot of space here is $15 and 50 cents. Um, but Calgary's prices are nearly half that around eight twenty per square foot for large warehouse space. So, um, you know, and because Calgary sits on major highway and railway axes that go north, south, and east, west, an estimated 50 million consumers are within 24 hours of ground transport, ground transportation. Um, so Calgary also has no shortage of land for new warehouse space, whereas Vancouver's geographic growth is limited by the mountains in the ocean. So the Alberta advantage also includes no inventory tax, no machinery and equipment tax, no payroll tax. Um, and if I can just do a little definition here, so logistic hubs. So they're generally defined as linking points, um, infrastructure facilities and nodal points in logistic networks. Uh, they serve primarily as transshipment points for flows of goods. So having a good distribution and, log and logistic hubs reduces operating expenses and that affect this affects the, the bottom line directly. So the Calgary advantages are, you know, if I take a couple examples here, for example, in the industrial parks, Point Trotter and, and Dufferin North, there's a lot of activity there. You know, the airport's 30 minutes drive, CP Rail is uh, five minutes drive, CN Rail, 15 minute drive, you know, the, 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 the nodes are there. Uh, you know, within one day's drive, trucks can reach markets of 16, 16 million people in Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest. Um, Alberta's transport system brings over $122 billion of province-wide products to international markets each year. Uh, this is significant. Um, and the uh, YYC International Airport transports 75% of Alberta's air cargo uh, shipments. Um, Calgary also ranks number one lowest overall in terms of taxes and utility costs. So I think the, the rest of the country is taking notice and, um, um, you know, um, looking at investment opportunities within Alberta and um, in, in Calgary specifically because of our, our strategic advantage in terms of um, distribution and logistics. Yeah, there's a lot of wins there. And so if you're working with a client that first time, 10th time buyer, regardless, I guess, I know you're going to share different numbers if it's a first time because they just don't have the experience and maybe that basic knowledge understanding. But are those the type of factors that you'd walk a potential client through as well if they're making a purchasing decision between Calgary and Edmonton, obviously, I didn't realize, like, I'm very familiar with the Vancouver market, but the fact you said it's almost a 0% free or vacancy rate, that's a little nerve wracking. So to think of like, there's backups everywhere in the supply chain right now. So the fact that Calgary has so many benefits, are those the type of things that you really focus on with clients? If they're asking, okay, why this location or why this location? Do you feel that's the directive you go to? Or is it flipped? Are you saying this is why this location and this is why that location with those benefits? 
Yeah, I mean, I try to understand as much as I can about their business. You know, uh, how many branch offices do they have? Are they headquartered out east? Are they, you know, what what sort of their growth? Uh, where do they forecast growth happening? And then kind of make some intelligent responses based on that. You know, uh, I mean, it's true. If you're in Vancouver and you're opening up a warehouse, just the cost perspective, it makes you want to move, uh, you know, further out east to Calgary. And it makes a lot more sense from a numbers perspective. And in this kind of, you know, supply chain uh, situation we're in where anything can have a balance, uh, you know, can affect everything else. Um, you know, it's really important to make those those decisions and have all the information handy to make those decisions. Smart. That's smart. Yeah. The I was reading an article before we hopped on to, I think it was from 2019 or 20. It was just released from the Calgary Herald, but it was talking about the 14 reasons why Calgary like why the commercial real estate market is doing so well. And a lot of those are what you touched on. And I think as we just, from a trucking standpoint, I know there's so many things taking place right now, um, but there's so many reasons to expand. There's so many opportunities to expand. And it's nice to hear that our home, well, current home cities, that's the place to be. And the fact that, yeah, we're, it's beautiful here. Like, I think it's going to be like plus three today. Just, yeah, all in all, it's a great day to go trekking. So that's nice to see. Do you see a difference when working with clients and between the surrounding areas of Calgary and Calgary specific? Like, does it even get better if you went to say Rocky View or if you bought in Red Deer compared to Calgary? Or are they all pretty similar? I mean, that's a good question. I've had clients, you know, go into those areas because of, you know, um, for example, if you're in Airdrie, there's no business tax. Um, There's other reasons to go out to the um, to the outlying areas. Um, You know, cost of land um, is probably a major factor, Um, but, you know, it it depends what they're looking for. You know, uh, if they need to be near a a rail spur or, you know, um, you know, what sort of facilities they need close to the highways. Um, you know, all these questions need to be asked. Um, and then, you know, then they can decide whether they need, they need to be in Calgary or, you know, go to the uh, smaller communities outside. Smart. Yeah, that makes sense. We, uh, we lived in Airdrie before we, we built in Calgary. And it's funny when obviously as a resident compared to the commercial purchase, <laughs> it was the opposite. It was more expensive for us to build down the road in Airdrie than it was where we built in the south of Calgary. So to us, that was a nice win and we love it down. Well, I guess, yeah, down here. So that's cool. So from a an agent's perspective, if we if that's the right term, real estate agent, real estate advisor, how important it is in your opinion to like if someone's looking to make their first purchase, they don't have a relationship with a any like real estate agent at the time. How important is it first off to select the right advisor or agent? But also, is there some questions that you would recommend just when people are doing their pre-screening on the agent that they could think of that maybe people ask you like, hey, Jason, have you ever done this? Or what's your take on this? Like, what kind of advice could you share just if there's listeners right now being like, I really need to buy? First shout out, highly recommend Jason. But what kind of, what type of advice yeah, would you offer in those environments? Well, you know, on the residential side is, you know, the home purchase is probably the biggest investment decision people make. So, um, you know, it's a big decision. And uh, likewise, on the commercial side, it's also a big decision. Uh, There's different processes involved, but it's still a very big decision. So just like in residential, you do need to, I think, interview different agents and learn a little bit more about them. You know, find out how you uh, find out their communication skills, find out if you guys uh, have alignment of values, um, 
you know, uh, what's the experience like? Are they doing this part-time or are they doing this full-time? You know, if you're specific, specifically looking for industrial product, you know, it's not just how long the, the person's been a commercial agent for, but how much experience do they have in the industrial markets and specifically of what you're looking for? I mean, those are some very important questions. Um, you know, so I think it's really important, um, if not as important in residential uh, as on the commercial side, because there's just uh, a lot of moving parts. Um, are you leasing? Are you purchasing? Um, so it's important to pick an agent that you can feel com- comfortable with um, and has that knowledge base, you know, to help you make the right decision. Yeah, I agree. And it's nice that you mentioned out the gate because I wasn't even thinking about that initially, actually, in our interview was the fact that you went to UFC and you said that there was the 10 courses and then there's the real estate board where there was more training. And I think that's a really key piece to vet someone is, okay, prove to me, you know what you're talking about. Cause I'm about to spend say $2 million or $3 million. Like, you know, <laughs> that's a big investment and that's a, it, even if we've done it before, it's still a big investment. So I like that. And I like that you mentioned the Schroeder conversation too, just understanding taxes, understanding cost breaks, understanding just the market that you're in, because yeah, that way you're not getting, I guess, duped or <laughs> false advice because they know nothing about the market. So that's really cool. From a first time buyer, say they've never uh, purchased before, maybe they were in a 10 year lease they owned a small, uh, maybe it's not, a, we'll, we'll go customs. So they need a warehouse and they're looking, you know what? We're making enough. There's enough longevity in this business structure. I want to buy my first, if it's a piece of land or if it's a building existing on land, can you kind of walk us through? And I know there's going to be a lot. So go as deep as you'd like or as high level as you're comfortable with, but walk us through from a first time buyer. What are some major things that they need to have? Part of it is prepared in advance as well as ready. What type of decisions were they going to need to be ready to make at the time of purchase? Can you walk us through that? Absolutely. So that's a really good question. And I can give you some examples as well. You know, um, I had a client in the, the, the vacuum business that was leasing space for 17 years and they finally decided they didn't want to pay any more rent and they wanted to own. Um, and this is typical of many people, many companies that are, that are leasing, they want to get their own space and, you know, have some, some say in how they build out and so forth. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of questions you need to ask. Obviously, if you're looking to purchase, you know, it comes down to financing. So, um, you know, uh, what's the, what's the cash on hand look like? How much do you need to finance? Um, talking to uh, an experienced commercial mortgage broker, I think is vital. Um, having those relationships or talking to a commercial realtor that has those relationships, that would be a good first start because you'll, you'll need to know how are you going to finance the project? Um, you know, are you going to uh, buy a product that's in shell condition, which means it's just, you know, a concrete box and you're going to build it out? Um, or are you going to look for something that's already has the office built out and um, you're just going to move in? Um, you know, Going through financing, you know, for example, through uh, BDC um, or other companies, other banks, um, you know, it's a bit of a process. You'll have to make sure you have all your financials in line um, and there, there is a rigorous process there. So that will take some time. So knowing your timing is, is very important, um, you know, so if your lease is one month away, that's not the time to do it. Um, you know, at least six months before your lease expires, you, you'll want to start the process of, of 
establishing what exactly you're looking for, you know, have things changed in the business? You know, do you need as much space as before? Do you need less space? Um, uh, you know, how much office space do you need versus warehouse space? What about ceiling heights? Um, for the for the loading, do you need dock level doors versus drive-in bays? Um, do you need a large marshalling area for your 50-foot trucks to be able to maneuver around? Uh, or has that changed? Um, you know, do you want to buy some land and do a custom build? Uh, do you require a mezzanine or a mez, they say, you know, um, some people have that, like to have that extra space, you know, for storage or you have to know the rules around that because the, the city uh, has, you know, uh, rules around how much uh, mezzanine can be built out. Do you need it to be a concrete build out or, or wood? Um, so there's, you know, do you need a secure yard with fencing? Uh, what are your power requirements? That's a big one. Has that changed? Um, are you a heavy user where you need, you know, uh, 600 amps or do you need something less like 200 amps? Um, and of course, the most important question in real estate is location, location, location. Yes. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it's so funny because not funny it is in a hilarious way, funny as in like a mind boggling way when it's like, man, that was probably like 30 key items that going into it first time, you didn't have to at the least because you didn't really know what to expect. <laughs> and I think timing is key in location. You're absolutely right. Where I think, <laughs> yeah, I imagine buying something and being like, why is my door this small? Like it doesn't even fit. But again, I just, I laugh because I've been in enough scenarios in just the transportation industry where you can tell people didn't think about half those things. And no disrespect to them. It's inexperience, too much pressure, multiple things on your plate and probably not enough time. So I like the six month window. And I like the fact that, yeah, there's so many different things to keep in mind, which just highlights the value of working with yourself, obviously working with agents that understand. First off, let me let me learn your business because that way I can help you. And you're going to want to pay attention to that. And have you thought about, hey, there's a no truck route sign. You can't even drive your trucks into your building right now. Like, what are you going to do? So, yeah, there's a lot of value there for sure. And I think just... Yeah. As a first time buyer, that's just more and more reasons to work with Jason because ultimately it's a big decision <laughs> and you don't want to get it wrong. So how about then on the flip side, if it's your not your first rodeo and maybe you're looking to expand, maybe you got a new contract with say Amazon and they're going to be your, your cross docking facility. You still have your own storage going on and you have your own trucks leaving and your space currently is not big enough. What are, would it be similar? Actually, I'll ask that that way. Is it a similar thought process and things to look out for? Is it different because maybe you have an existing mortgage and your finances are going to be tied up in different things. So you're going to have to navigate differently or if you're yeah more than one time buyer what are some different things you'd have to look out for so yeah i mean if you're an existing business owner um you know and i guess it depends on what the business is um and if you're currently leasing or if you own your own property and you're looking to expand maybe because it's a client that's it's pulling you in that direction um you know it can be scary but it can be a, a great thing for your business growth um you know if it's if it's one client that's you know you have to look at the terms of everything because you're going to be making a big step um on whether you're going to be leasing or i guess uh, your question was purchasing you know it's going to come down to the numbers so you'll have to really crunch the numbers out in terms of you know again looking for that extra location um, and finding out, are you going to keep your existing location or are you going to, are you going to move everything over, 
uh, to that location? Is this a part of your existing business or is this a complementary business? Uh, I was having a conversation with a custom tool uh, maker the other day and, um, you know, they were getting full to capacity and, uh, and their product lines, you know, they have CNC machines and, and various machines in the shop. And uh, I said, okay, well, where do you see growth happening in the next three to five years? I mean, if you're going to be making a multi-million dollar purchase decision, you know, and it's going to be uh, already at capacity by the time you move in, it probably, that probably wasn't a good business decision. Um, you know what, you want to make sure that you, you've got some slack there for capacity in the future. Um, because, you know, they're looking at new industries and with new industries uh, in their manufacturing, they'll have to purchase new types of machinery um, that are specific for that market. Um, and that's going to take up space. Um, it's going to require more personnel, which will mean more office space. Um, you know, so there's going to be a direct impact. And so there needs to be a lot of thought and planning, space planning, uh, human resource planning, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, doing that, that next step. So it, it's definitely not a short process. It's uh, something that, you know, management will discuss with various parts of the organization and could take, you know, definitely several months up to a year, maybe just to make, come to that, that decision. Um, and maybe you'll end up leasing space instead of buying space. You know, you'll have to really know those numbers and, and look at it from a tax perspective as well. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Is there, have you, just through your journey, seen businesses that you think they're getting into new markets or expanding and they're like, okay, I'll lease for a year while I decide if it's worth buying kind of to test the market? Is that a kind of a normal practice that you've seen? Um, well, not really, because lease terms typically will go longer than a year. Um, you know, the landlord wants to see some commitment, you know, especially something on the industrial side, you know, they'll want a longer commitment. Um, so, you know, so you really need to know exactly what you, what you want to do if you want to, if you want to lease or, or purchase. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I could see that from an, from a landlord's perspective, you wouldn't want six month Airbnbs for <laughs> commercial space. That's true. So in your opinion, then are there, I'll, I'll ask the question and you can answer how you see fit, but would there be a reason or what would be a reason, I guess, not to buy aside from the leasing option? Have you had clients that you almost talked them out of buying, not because you didn't want to make a sell, but you just understand enough about their business where you're like, honestly, it's too much of a risk or anything like that? Or what's your thoughts on that process? Well, I mean, I, I can only provide knowledge up to a certain point. You know, I, I can't go into valuations or into even uh, competitive uh, uh, situations in terms of the analysis. Um, you know, basically, I can just provide you with the real estate um, portion of it. So, you know, here's the real estate. Here's what I think it's it's worth in terms of a, a purchase price. And uh, I can't tell you if your business is going to succeed at that location or not. You know, that's going to be a business driver and business decision um, um, that you have to discuss internally. But I can certainly, uh, you know, I definitely wouldn't want to see someone make a jump if they didn't have all the right information. So my 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 duty would be to make sure that they have all the right information from a real estate perspective to, uh, you know, to make the right decision. Yeah, no, that's fair. And that's very accurate too, because yeah, you want to make sure that you per se stay in the lane where <laughs> if it's not a, not in your field house, that's smart. So the um, a question that I like to ask and a thought process that I think about quite often is legacy 
And legacy doesn't mean morbid once we're gone, what we're remembered for, but I more so mean your day-to-day interactions. Part of it's your reputation. Part of it is your just when you get ready to enter a meeting and you prepare yourself, how important is to you um, to strengthen and protect your reputation? But also, yeah, do you think about legacy? Do you think about the impact that you're having on potential clients, future clients, past clients when you're interacting with them? Yeah, I think we had discussed offline, you know, my 100% of my business is, is word of mouth and referral. I don't do any advertising as such. Um, and uh, it's been great. My business is growing every year. And, you know, reputation is everything in this business, um, like it is in, in, I would say, in any business, but especially in this in this business, um, you know, uh, we don't want to have a reputation of, you know, giving bad advice to any of our uh, customers, clients, and, um, you know, that, that would be our legacy. Like I'm, I'm, I hope that, you know, uh, the clients that I've dealt with in the past, whether it be residential, commercial, especially on the commercial side, uh, would refer me uh, more business in the future. And, you know, the chances are Calgary is still a small city and uh, you know, we have our roots back uh, in the West and um, used to do things on a handshake. And I, I still like a lot of that perspective. Um, and uh, you know, there, there needs to be a really high level of trust, I think, um, and integrity. And that I, so I take that very seriously in my, in my business transactions. Nice. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really key, even for myself, where my sole focus is introducing industry leaders to industry and obviously talking commercial real estate and what you need to prepare for if you're buying your first building to get into logistics and warehousing. Very different conversation than I've had with someone where, say, we're talking compliance and rules and regulations to comply with. And I like the fact that I can say, no, I trust Jason. And I obviously come from a strong referral where we have a mutual relationship with Ryan. So that really helps. And the fact that, yeah, you have years and years of history of good reputation, word of mouth referral, and that's like grown your business year after year. I think that really speaks volumes to why I can recommend people to do business with you in this market because you get it, you understand it, you understand the ins and outs. And I like the fact that you're, I can tell you're a numbers guy. You understand the data, you understand the analytics and the tax benefits where I think often those conversations, they're almost avoided in a lot of the spaces that I see because Maybe they just don't get it and they want to always look smart. <laughs> so it's like perfect reason to work with Jason then because I can tell you understand it. So I just think all in all, that's really powerful. So were there any final thoughts, other thoughts that you wanted to add to our conversation today um, before, yeah, before we wrap up and come to a close? Well, I, I didn't really get into the details of, of how amazing our industrial market is in Calgary. Um, you know, a lot of people already know, uh, but some of your listeners may not know that, you know, we are definitely have a strategic advantage for logistics and distribution. You know, there's major retail players such as Home Depot, Lowe's, Amazon. They've all committed large amounts of distribution space um, and spending literally billions of dollars and providing hundreds and hundreds of jobs in Calgary over the next you know 10 to 20 years. Um, you know, I can give you countless, countless examples of of some of these companies that are coming in um, and the areas, like I mentioned, uh, Dufferin Point, um, you know, Amazon is going to be building out 3.6 million square feet. You know, that's that's a large space. And it's right beside, you know, Home Depot um, and the CPR intermodal expansion and CPR intermodal. So there's a reason why companies like Amazon are coming to Calgary um, and other uh U.S. and international companies are coming here because if they see the value of a skilled, skilled workforce in Calgary, 
um, low cost, uh, like I mentioned, the uh, at the other advantages in terms of taxes and so on coming to Calgary. So I think the industrial segment of Calgary is going to be, is going to do well over the next, you know, many, many years. Uh, those people who want to participate, there's so many different ways you can participate, whether you're an owner user uh, looking to maybe purchase land um, and you want to build your, your own facility, or maybe you're looking for investment properties. There's so many different ways to participate in this industrial market. Um, and there's the familiar REITs, real estate investment trusts, um, and there's actually just going after the after buildings and land as well. But the the industrial market is uh, out of all the markets I see, it's it's um, it's a market that has like 3.7 percent vacancy right now, uh, which is like an all time low. Um, and you know, many companies are really taking advantage of that. Um, on, on the other end of it, if you're looking for space, you know, you really have to understand that it's a hot market and you're not going to find something right away that meets exactly what you're looking for. Um, so you need to work with a knowledgeable agent that's going to kind of guide you through all the things that are going on and make sure that you have all the information you need to make a good decision. Yes. Yeah. And I like the fact that you mentioned that because it's interesting from a trucking perspective right now is a excellent time to, well, from a product movement standpoint, I know there's a shortage of supply when we're talking commercial vehicles. So that part's tough for the owner operator model, but right now is a key time to get in because a lot of these distribution, if you want to call mammoths, the Amazons, the Home Depots of the world, Mayfairs, the different variety that you have, a lot of it is, if you want to call it pin to pin work. So it's not manual labor driving type work. And so a lot of the, I guess, last mile delivery portions, if you're going to go from an Amazon warehouse to a smaller distribution center that's getting redistributed to door delivery, huge opportunities in our industry there. But there's also the construction side. And I think that's another really attractive thing to the Calgary market where if you're building, sorry, how big was the Amazon building? How many square feet? That was 3.6 million square feet. Thousands upon thousands of jobs and in equipment rentals and construction contractors and electric and, or electrical and obviously the utility side. There's so many benefits to these massive retailers and various companies coming to our market. So it's nice that you spoke on that because, again, those are things where, oh, all of a sudden something's here and uh, time to time you don't pay attention to just the impacts of the buildings itself, the brand reputation, the fact that probably all of us buy an Amazon. We're all using like like if it's the you go to Home Depot and you're just picking up a couple of gallons of paint, maybe you don't want to go in the store. So you do the click delivery. All of that becomes possible because of these massive locations. So it's really neat to see. And then obviously from your perspective, it's a huge benefit because it's going to domino effect into other businesses because it's like, well, I've been an electrician for 25 years. Let's start your own. Okay. But I got to house all this wire and all these parts. Okay. Who do you talk to? Jason, Jason, I need this. Okay. We go and find it. And if it's not the right time, you're honest enough to tell them that, which I really respect. But yeah, there's so many trickle effects that we can go down that. Like I told you before, I get really excited and I get dizzy because I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So I just like, I'm pro growth for development. So it's nice to see your perspective on that. Yeah, it's really a good news story for Alberta, I would say. Um, you know, and like mentioned offline before, you know, we're going to be, uh, looks like we're, the, the government's going to be able to balance our budget and most likely have a surplus. 
because the, the the price of oil has gone up. You know, for every dollar that that it goes up, it's about a hundred million dollars into the treasury. Um, you know, so that money is available to go back into the economy. So, um, and you know, the government has been good at lowering the corporate tax rates from like twelve percent to eight percent. So there's a lot of good things the government is doing to really stimulate the economy. Um, so I, I really see um, a really good news story uh, in Alberta over the next few years. That's really encouraging. And I appreciate that because the first half, well, we're, again, we're on a Saturday. So almost this entire week has been an emotional roller coaster with doom and gloom news. So it's really nice to hear a positive perspective that does impact so many people. And yeah, I just really appreciate the fact that I can trust your knowledge too, because it's not just we're going for a coffee and wouldn't it be nice if it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you got the actual facts, you know, the numbers. And it's just, I appreciate your expertise because again, these type of conversations need to happen more because it impacts us all. And it's not just the truck, like a professional driver's perspective on moving the product. It's okay. Well, let's kind of look at Google earth and how are all these decisions impacting? And it's nice that you have that expertise because you've walked people through it. You've helped sales happen and you kind of get the big picture, which is really neat. So I just, again, I appreciate that. And yeah, we're pro oil here too. So it's nice to know that we're headed in the right direction. And again, let's, I'm okay if we lower some taxes and we have some more just yeah revenue opportunities to create. So that's really cool. And you know, there's a trickle down effect. It's not just the Amazons, you know, that's on the e-commerce side. But it's in, the the nice thing is it's it's happening in all segments of industrial. So it could be it could be storage, uh, warehousing, um, uh, different parts of the industrial markets, um, and it trickles down to growth and jobs for uh, the mom and pops out there, uh, which is where I typically deal with is the you know I would say the small to maybe mid sized companies. Yeah, and it's so true. And I think, yeah, we could keep going just with the amount of variety and opportunity where it's just, yeah, you talked about the the one machine company that was looking into different things to, yeah, storage is huge. Cross-stocking is another huge market where if someone came brings a trailer and only half of it needs to go to the Calgary market. Well, where are they going to offload it? Cause you can't obviously abandon the other half. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunities there. And if you're interested, I'd honestly be, if we waited till March, if we waited till June, kind of doing a, a recap of the first part of the year, are things staying consistent in the back half of the year? Because I just, I don't see it getting worse. And it's nice. I say that because of <laughs> your confidence where I'm like, I think it's just going to continue to grow in the industrial side of the ever part of our city. So it's cool. But if you're, if you're comfortable with it, I'd gladly have you back and yeah, we can talk about the recap as well as what the future looks like for the rest of 2022. That'd be great, Josh. Um, yeah, I think it's important. I mean, economists examine the economy in a quarter by quarter as well. Right. So they need to know where that growth is happening or if there is no growth um, and where the growth is, is occurring. So be happy to kind of, uh, in a few months uh, in the future, kind of look back and see where things are and if things are, are still on a steady course upwards. Awesome. Okay, no, I'd appreciate that. And I just, speaking from a listener's perspective, um, yeah, I'm super grateful just for a continuous, just growing listening base. I think there's a lot of value today because when you were talking about, well, a few things that really stood out to me was how much goes into making that purchasing decision for the first time and not, not living with the lens of fear 
but living with the lens of opportunity. And I think you spoke on that really well, um, just when we're talking about opportunity, trickle effects, tax savings, the reasons to buy. A lot of the conversation was really positive. So I think just a lot of value was offered today from an, a listening perspective because it gets your wheels turning like, yeah, I never really thought of it that way. Or you could laugh because my experiences where someone definitely did not think of this, think of the big picture enough and maybe they didn't have the right guidance. So, but yeah, I do really appreciate you coming on. So just as we come to a close, how can people get in contact with you? First off, if they want to buy with you, let's do it. If they want to sell with you, let's do it. But also maybe they just had questions or maybe they want to pick your brain on your opinion. Um, how? What's the best way? Is it email? Is it a website? But where can people go to contact you? So the best way is probably by email, uh, and I can provide my email address. It's J-A-I-S-O-N, and then my last name, Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S, at C-I-R Realty. That's all one word, C-I-R Realty dot C-A. That's probably the best way to to reach me. Yeah, and I'll make sure to include that in the show notes, too, is... Yeah, it's a very, <laughs> I like that it's an easy way to contact you. We all use email and I'll uh, just yeah, promote it out because I really respect where you're coming from. And I really value your experience too, Jason, because again, <clears throat> I think too many times people, they, they focus on the doom and gloom and it's just, maybe that's just the mood that they're in. But through our conversations or email interactions, I can tell you really view opportunities. So I, I'm just really proud of the fact that I can recommend people to, to head your way to contact you, to ask you questions and ultimately do business with you. Well, what, what I can tell, you know, and I'm just talking about Calgary uh, because that's my market, is people of, of Calgary are very resilient and they're very entrepreneurial. Um, you know, I get calls on a weekly basis from people that want to start their own businesses, um, that want to pivot into a different business. Um, they have so many ideas. Um, and it's great to see that entrepreneurial attitude. Um, I've seen it in so many companies and on the tech side in Calgary, and it's happening in food and entertainment now I'm dealing with a lot uh, recently. And so it's great to see that sort of enthusiasm and positivity that's that's uh, that's here in Calgary. And that, I think, goes back, you know, like I said, you know, to the roots of a long time ago where we, we were, you know, uh, Calgarians and, and prior to were, were pioneers. And um, you can see that same sort of uh, behavior and attitude come through again is just pioneering into new new businesses, new industries. You know, we're talking about hydrogen now and um, and lithium. And there's just so much that uh, I guess, you know, Alberta uh, offers. And um, I think it, start, it, first, it starts first with, with the people and having the right attitude. So that's great to see. Yes, completely agree. And it's nice that we're aligned because I think often we don't give ourselves enough credit as people. And it made me think of the quote, <clears throat> sorry, the quote, and I can't remember who, maybe you'll remember, or maybe you know, but we always, we overestimate what we can do do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in five to 10 years. Because I think once you hit a little bit of a struggle, oh, that's it. But I think you're right. When we talk about the Albertan culture, when we think about the Wild West and the fact that, oh, you just got to get dirty, you just got to get it done. It's like, no, that's a very ingrained culture. And I think those that love Alberta and stay in this area, you like we just had obviously a cold snap. Now we have a Chinook, which is wonderful. We have that. I am a tough person mentality. You're creative, you're entrepreneurial, and it's just, yeah, we don't stick with no. And I think that's something we should be super proud of as people, as an industry. And obviously, there's multiple industries we talked about, which is neat because it's all the same. We're all people. So I just, I like that we can see eye to eye on that. I think that was really cool. It's a real get it done personality, isn't it? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, but yeah, honestly, Jason, I just, I'm so grateful that you took the time to hop on. Obviously again, it's a Saturday, which means a lot to me because we all have different commitments and it's nice that you're willing to, uh, yeah, to show up today. So much value added. And I've said it numerous times. I'll say it again. I highly recommend doing business with Jason, getting to know him, asking questions and CIR Realty, obviously Ryan Torres, shout out to my buddy as well. And yeah, I'll include your email in the show notes. That way people can contact you directly. But again, thank you so much for your time. This was a wonderful conversation. Thanks for having me again, uh, Josh. I really had a lot of fun and I hope your listeners uh, learned a little bit more about the industry and uh, about the Alberta Advantage. Totally. Totally agree. So thanks again. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Jason, honestly, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the Truck Focus podcast. As we talked about the various opportunities in the real estate market in and around Calgary, but also sharing some really specific insights on what first-time buyers need to really be aware of when they're making a purchasing decision. And as we discussed during our episode, I look forward to bringing you back on to another episode as we talk about just trends and how 2022 in our market's doing. So the trucking and logistics sector, you honestly have so much to be excited about as we navigate navigate through 2022. And if you're looking to work closely with a real estate agent that really understands what you're going up against, how to make purchasing decisions and everything that it takes, I highly recommend that you work with Jason. So you connect with him by email, which is Jason, J-A-I-S-O-N Thomas at CIRrealty.ca. So thank you so much again, Jason. I just really appreciate your time. So if this is the first time you've ever checked out a Truck Focus podcast, I really welcome you to our community and all of our dedicated listeners. I just really appreciate your constant investment and time. It really means a lot. So I ask that you like this episode, you share it out with your network, but you also just you subscribe to the channel that you're listening to. So that way, again, the greater the following, the greater the impact, and you're made no, you're made aware, sorry, of this upcoming episodes. So again, as we continue to navigate through 2022, I really encourage us to think about the opportunities that are in front of us. But also, I encourage you to align yourselves with people like Jason who really see, okay, this is what's going on. This is how we navigate it. This is how we're going to be successful. So that type of mentorship can really get ingrained into you as we navigate through this year. As always, let's create a pivotal impact. Bye. Well, friends, that's all for today's episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen, as I hope today's episode brought amazing value for you. If this is the first time that you've ever listened to the Truck Focus podcast, I just wanted to say thanks. I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast channel to ensure you're notified of all of our upcoming episodes. To all of our dedicated listeners, thank you. This journey has been incredible so far, and it honestly is because of all of your support and encouragement that you've shown along the way. And as I like to say, the greater the following, the greater the impact. And because of you, our impact is growing across the transportation sector. As always, if you found value in today's episode, I do encourage you to share with others in your network that you believe would receive value from listening. Your support means so much. So the Truck Focus podcast is brought to you by Pivotal Transportation Industry Solutions, a company focused on connecting transportation industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. To learn more about the Truck Focus podcast, please visit the show notes. You can connect with us on social, visit our website, sign up to our monthly newsletter, and so much more. If you do happen to visit our website, I encourage you to check out the Truck Focus blog, learn more about our industry strategic partners, view our online training, and more. Furthermore, if you have a question or a topic that you would like to be discussed or reviewed in a future episode, feel free to send me an email. I've I've also included my email in the show notes. 
So I just wanted to say thank you so much again for taking the time to listen to the Truck Focus podcast, where again, our goal is simple. We want to connect industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. I hope you have a safe day and let's create a pivotal impact.